Welcome back to your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick. Today we talk about two very different and fascinating worlds, animal behaviorism and literary agency. What brings these two worlds together is the fact that Nick and I have good friends who have careers in these realms. Listen in as we discuss the roles and transformative powers of both book agents and animal trainers. And if you listen to the end, you'll be privy to a crazy idea that just might save the world. Check it out. Hey. Your person is a literary agent now? Isn't that cool? Awesome. That's, I mean, that, I, I read that and I thought, I, mean, I never really wanted to be a literary agent, but I always thought that's a cool job because you get to read manuscripts and you get to kind of decide this has something or it doesn't. This and has if potential it, or maybe this needs this. And yeah. And you can then make some writer realize their dreams yeah by by giving them a path to being published in a in a traditional sense or is it an an e-publisher i don't know is it no 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 it's a traditional so it's the it's the literary agent right right? so it is not associated and this is my understanding i could be wrong but not associated with with a publisher publisher. what they do is they read manuscripts every all the agents there and sarah's starting out as an assistant agent yeah so she won't necessarily be they won't necessarily be reading right away right i don't think but the idea is that you read the manuscripts, you say this person might work for this publisher. Yeah. Right? So, so like brokers of, of, yeah. of art and business. I know that this publisher, I know that these types of stories are really popular right now. I know this publisher really likes these types of stories. Uh, so let me go try and sell it to them on this. I don't know where the editor comes from, but I know the agent also has a say in some of the, hey, you might want to do this or you might want to well, change this. And they drive that. the deal. Yeah. Right? I course. mean, they... They have to inherently know the value of the product in order to go out there and promote it for its greatest value and its greatest price. And they're also, I mean, they're helping to, I assume, to package and promote the book, at least to the publisher. And then the publisher will handle the packaging and promotion of the book out toward the general public. Uh, Well, the agent still has a vested interest because at this point, the agent has not been paid for any of the work, Uh, right? So it's like a, a talent agent in that sense where... It's a you earn, I earn, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you are, as an agent, incentivized to make sure that even after the deal is signed, yeah. that the publisher is doing right. Well, that seems like real business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't want to do that job anymore now because it's so real business. <laughs> this is spoken like a guy who owns a business and works with real businesses all over the place. All the time. Uh, but it's funny because I don't, I'm not that big a fan of business. I mean, as a basic concept, I, I, I understand the value of it. It's a means to an end for sure. Yeah. And some businesses are wonderful businesses. Uh, but, you know, the whole concept of business unto itself, it just, it's, a, it's just highly organized trade is what it is. I mean, it's complicated organized trade. Sure, sure. Uh, and it's, I don't know. I, maybe I would have let it down to be too simple. I got into an argument. Uh, well, not an argument, but a debate with uh, a friend of my son who's an incredible animal trainer. Uh, he works, he does shows at... Uh, Disney Animal Kingdom and had done some shows at Universal with all the wild animals. You know, he's the guy that has the hawk fly out of the audience and get something out of his hand. And he's an incredible animal trainer, really, really good. And we were having a conversation about control, uh, which I believe is big in the business world as well, by the way. Uh, and my theory was your whole goal, no matter how you approach it, is to control that animal. And he disagreed with that. He's like, no, I'm trying to find out what motivates that animal. And then and then what? 
and then use what motivates that animal to control to do it. Things, yeah. to get it to do because if you weren't trying to control it, everything's fine. It's like it's like they are in the wild. They know when to eat. They don't. He's talking about you know they can actually train a wild bear, a bear that they have in captivity that was wild, to walk into a cage, and when a uh, a needle is introduced into the cage with antibiotics. It is trained to walk over and press itself against the needle to be injected. That is not a natural thing. That is like, you will not find any animal in the wild finding it useful to go up and impale themselves on a sharp point right. for some purpose. So that was the quintessential example to me of, well, this really is for man's end here. It's not really, I mean, I appreciate that you're sensitive to where the animal's coming from yeah. and that you want to use natural incentives from that animal to get them to do what you want it to do but you're getting it to do what you want it to do. Right. But then I started thinking, if he can get a wild bear to impale itself voluntarily, what could he get a human to do if he mastered that art form enough? I really want to have a conversation with him about his operant conditioning and the psychology of training animals to get a better understanding on how, one, I might be able to manage my own habits, and two, how I might be able to influence other people in a way that will get them to support the good things that I'm trying to support. So not quite like going to a level of the Saw movies <laughs> right away. <laughs> you might get there eventually, oh but starting out on a smaller level, like, hey, there are donuts. If we get through this entire meeting, you may have a donut. <laughs> and then you need life. to uh, impale yourself on the wall <laughs> and get your shots. That was so vaccination. Okay. Well, hey, wouldn't this be something? If we can, okay, follow me here. I'm if we you. can train a bear to impale itself voluntarily, think what we can do to the masses out there who refuse to get vaccinated. We just need to create the columns and the holes for the vaccination yeah. needles to come out. Uh, a little bit of mind control, operant conditioning. Uh, we can throw in a few other positive messages when we do that, so the world's a better place, and uh, and everybody gets vaccinated. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Thank you for listening. It's your old pal, Nick. As you might imagine, not every idea we come up with on this podcast is brilliant. This one is, though. And if you feel like investing, whether it's time or money or hopefully the engineering and technology and mental skills necessary to create such a thing, it would be very appreciated. Have a lovely day.